Hello, my rebels. I am not surprised to tell you that Justin Trudeau wants to censor your right to protest against forced vaccines, but he's not even the first. British Columbia is proposing it too, and Quebec went ahead and passed that law yesterday in a matter of hours. I'll give you the details. Uh, I'd like to invite you to also become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. It's the TV version of this podcast. Go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe, eight bucks a month, get this daily TV show. We put a lot of good stuff on the TV side. You also get free access to Sheila Gunn Reed's weekly show, David Menzies' show, Andrew Chapito's show. He's got some very interesting guests these days. But most importantly, the eight bucks a month, which is only about half of Netflix. We use that to stay independent because we don't take a dime from Trudeau. So please go to rebelnewsplus.com. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, governments across Canada are planning to ban peaceful protests against them. It's September 24th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. You know, this morning I asked our team to make a big poster of this photograph to be put on our office wall. I also asked for a big poster of this one too. It's the tank man from Tiananmen Square, but it's the wide angle shot, which is tremendously more dramatic. You can see there were dozens of tanks lined up behind the first one, not just a few. Imagine that, imagine being him. We can't imagine, I don't know what happened to him. I presume he was one of the 10,000 people who were killed that day. That was the estimate of the British ambassador in Beijing. By the way, I see that Joe Biden, the pro-China president of the United States, has cut a deal with Meng Wanzhou, the billionaire executive of Huawei, the giant Chinese tech and malware company, spyware. Uh, She'll pay a fine and get to go home. I wonder if Hunter Biden brokered the deal. He's no stranger to China. When Biden was Obama's vice president, Hunter came along with his dad and cut deals on the side, including more than a billion dollars invested in him from the Chinese. I wonder what the deal was this time, if he still set aside 10% for the big guy, as he said last time. So Biden gets a big fine and a win. The Chinese billionaire gets to go home. That's a win. And Canada, the country that arrested Meng at the request of the U.S. when she was passing through Vancouver's airport, what does Canada get? We normally don't get or ask for anything when we help police from allied countries. It's what they would do for us in return. It's in our interest. We help each other. But arresting a senior Communist Party member like Meng had enormous effects on our country. Trade sanctions against various Canadian industries, for example. But mainly the kidnapping of two Canadians, Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig, now held for more than a thousand days. From what reports I've seen, The two Michaels are not part of the deal. China will not let them go. And look at this. This is what we call a readout. It's what you call the official White House summary 
of the Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau phone call earlier this week. They had a very quick phone call. So this is the official summary of it. Seriously, it's so brief. It sounds like the phone call was less than two minutes long. Let me read it to you in its entirety. President Joseph R. Biden Jr. spoke today with Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, to congratulate him on the Liberal Party's victory in the September 20 federal elections. The two leaders underscored the strong and deep friendship between the United States and Canada and discussed their shared commitment to strengthening the resilience and competitiveness of the U.S. and Canadian economies and coordinating on COVID-19 pandemic response. The president expressed to Prime Minister Trudeau his desire to continue working closely in deepening collaboration with Canada, one of our nation's top partners. That's it. So it sounds like Biden said, congrats, let's build back better, or whatever their code word is. And then that was it. They got off the phone. I, I really wouldn't be surprised if that was a 90-second phone call. But you can see there wasn't a peep about the two Michaels. Sounds like Trudeau didn't bring it up. He never mentioned it. He doesn't really care. I mean, he's actually on the other side, if you want to know. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, because they're... You know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime. I see that the communist Chinese had a hand in Trudeau's victory this week. Reports are that Beijing used its influence in districts with lots of Chinese Canadians to badmouth and disparage conservative candidates, including Chinese Canadians who were conservatives. So they were Chinese, these conservatives, but they were pro-democracy Chinese, so Beijing took them out. That's the allegation. I'm sure Elections Canada will get right on that when they've done their more important work like prosecuting me in 2021 for my 2019 book called The Libranos. Of the Election Act, Canada Elections Act. When you are planning the book and you, the, the, the new third party rules, because I believe there's some comments on your side as well about that, did you give any consideration of saying maybe I should register as a third party for this circumstance, or maybe I shouldn't um, because of my interpretation of what I'm going to do, or did you um, not make that determination? Yeah, they're too busy uh, investigating Canadian citizens for peaceful book writing to look into Beijing interfering in our elections. But let's talk about that for a minute, interfering in democracy, flattening our civil liberties. That's what's afoot these days. That's our era now. The age of free speech was from the 1960s to the earlier 2000s. It started to decay around 2010, I think. I mean, I was prosecuted for the Danish cartoons of Mohammed back in 2006, if you can believe it. But back then, it was regarded as an atrocious anomaly by an out-of-control government agency. In 2014, Stephen Harper's government repealed the censorship provision of the Canadian Human Rights Act, but you could already see the change, the sea change in temperament. Only a single liberal MP at the time Scott Sims voted for free speech. He narrowly lost the election this week, but it's not final because the number of mail-in votes could tip the scales. But it would be a shame for the one free speech liberal MP to lose his seat. That would be a shame, but it would be a sign of the times. To where we are these days. I mean, during the election, nurses, doctors, healthcare workers, firemen, paramedics, started to have peaceful protests against forced vaccines. Nurses especially who worked for 18 months without a vaccine, just fine. When they were called heroes, they're now being thrown out if they don't submit to a forced vaccination. So 
They've had peaceful protests outside hospitals. There's nothing holy about hospitals. I don't support being too noisy outside a hospital, but there are already rules against that, by, by the way. I mean, right now, but Trudeau saw that, and he threatened to ban such protests, noisy or not, peaceful or not. He was just offended that some nurse might have an opinion about her health that didn't completely suit his politics. He has trouble with women who disagree with him, doesn't he? The Liberal Party of Canada, if re-elected to form government, will make it a criminal offense to block access to buildings that provide health care. Yeah, so uh, he said he'd ban protests. There are already rules against violence or disturbing the peace at places like a hospital, but it's not, that's not what he wants to ban. That's already banned. What he wants to ban newly is the right to speak out at all, even quietly, even peacefully, even privately, even online on your own Facebook pages we showed you again yesterday. Well, look at this today. News out of BC. BC considering tougher laws to protect patients, students from anti-vaccine protesters. Isn't that funny? People will be protected, but just from one point of view. So it really isn't about the noise or the disruption. Certainly not about violence. It's just about saying one certain idea that the establishment says you can't say. There are already rules against trespassing at school or hospital. There are certainly um, <laughs> no rules, though, against people being invited in to propagandize students. I mean, that happens all the time. David Suzuki and other far-left groups have the run of our schools, just like Trudeau's corrupt friends, the Kielbergers, did with their We Fake Charity. Again, this is only one point of view that's being banned. That's the key thing about it. And look at this from Quebec. They already did it. They did it already. Quebec swiftly passes new bill to prohibit anti-vaccine protests near schools, hospitals. After just a few hours of debate, Quebec's National Assembly voted unanimously Thursday evening to pass a new bill that would prohibit anti-vaccine protesters from demonstrating near schools, daycares, hospitals, as well as COVID-19 testing and vaccine sites, an offense punishable by a fine up to $12,000. Bill 105 was only tabled Thursday morning by the province's public safety minister, Geneviève Guilbeault. But it took little time for MNAs to debate the new bill that will give police new powers to find people for protesting within 50 meters of those places, depending on their behavior. <laughs> unanimous. Of course it's unanimous. It's always unanimous these days. Because anyone else is kicked out. Eric Duhem, our, our friend, is now the leader of the Conservative Party of Quebec. It's a small provincial organization. He was literally kicked out of the legislature a few weeks ago because he wasn't vaccinated. So just pretend he doesn't exist, just pretend it's unanimous, pretend we all agree. Maxime Bernier of the People's Party was kicked out of the federal leaders debate. Just pretend he doesn't exist, pretend no one supports him, pretend it's all unanimous. And if these people that you've kicked out of parliaments and that you've kicked out of debates and that <laughs> in Bernier's case that you literally arrested and jailed if they're driven out of all the places, if they've driven out of all the jobs, all the schools, and all they have left are, are the streets, why then you'll ban them there too? I mean, why not? Just keep using the power of the state. <laughs> Who's going to stop you, a judge? Yeah, show me one, please. I'd like to meet a judge who will stop it. Let me show you what that's like. Let me show you a little time machine. Australia, I call it. 
as we told you the other day, the construction workers union was sold out by its boss, John Setka, who agreed with the government's plans to force all the construction workers to get vaxxed or be fired. Now, they've been working for 18 months just fine. Uh, that was the one industry that was not shut down in Australia, construction. Well, now they're all going to be fired if they don't get vaxxed. So they didn't like that, uh, and they, were, they felt sold out and surprised, ambushed by their union boss. So a thousand of them showed up outside their union headquarters. John Setka was their boss, and they demanded to talk to him. He wouldn't come out for hours. He went on the radio to denounce them. They wouldn't leave. He finally came down. He started to talk to them. He got a few words out, but it didn't go well. And then look at this. So they weren't going to take it. Now, that was about a week ago. And by the way, I'm against violence. I'm against throwing things or smashing things, just in case you're wondering. But that was a week ago. And ever since, though, anyone who merely even looks like a construction worker, a skilled trade, a tradie, as they're called down there, is literally arrested or even attacked on site. I'm serious. Look at this stunning report by Avi Amini, our chief Australia correspondent. I'm going to play for you this entire amazing video. It's about four minutes. Take a look. Have you ever been in the city where, because of the way you're dressed, you're actually the target of... No, normally... Normally you fit a profile. You, <laughs> are, you fit a criminal profile today. Yeah, no, normally people look down the nose at you a little bit when you wear high vis, but um, no, not like this, mate. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty odd. So they're stopping anyone that obviously looks like a, a construction worker. By myself, going for a walk. Trying to get back to work. So, so you're here for a lawful reason? Lawful reasons always. The cops with the guns, just one of them looks at me, just sprints across the road, and they just drop me, all like five of them on top of me, just smash me for no reason. So why'd that pull you up? Oh, just, just, for, just for, be, for being here, basically, yeah. Are you within your 10Ks? Yeah, and... I live in South Melbourne, I've just walked here. My watch is still going, 4.2Ks. <laughs> they cuffed me, and then five of them held onto me for no reason, and I just said, let me go, like, I'm doing nothing wrong. And they cut it off. Being profiled because I'm because I'm wearing my tradie outfit. Yeah, they're profiling people that look like you. Mm. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I'm not talking about people of color. I'm talking people of color. Mm. I know because yeah. we are this. Done nothing wrong. Honestly, I was just walking past. And they just grabbed me. He's, he looked at me from across the road with his fucking shotgun, ran across to me and just started bashing me on the ground. Two of them decked me and jumped on top of me. Did you capture that? Did you capture what happened there? God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my god. In Melbourne, the most dangerous person to be is a tradie. Exactly right, yeah. No, they slammed me down to the ground today. Cops are extremely aggressive. They, here's my brother over here. They slammed his head into the ground repeatedly. But Crazy? It's, it's the pressure. It's the pressure we get. I mean, I just, just walking here, I've, I've got policemen's eyes all over me. They're, looking for any reason to, to arrest me, I suppose. Me by myself. Crazy. Yeah. All right, mate. I say again, do you want a time machine? Do you want to see your future? Look to Australia to see the future of your civil liberties in Canada. And look to Israel to see your future as a vaxxed 
supervax, quadruple vaxxed society. I'm going to play a two-minute video for you from an Israeli TV news channel. Now, it's in Hebrew, but it has subtitles, which I think you can read pretty clearly. Get a load of this. כן, שלום דוריה, אז היום נתחיל את הפינה שלנו בהתבוננות על מדד המאומתים החדשים בני 60 ומעלה, וניקח כדוגמה את הנתונים של אתמול. מתוך 279 מאומתים בני יותר מ-60, 250 הם מחוסנים מלא בשתי מנות, 29 לא מחוסנים או מחוסנים חלקית, ככה זה נראה באחוזים, 90 אחוזים מחוסנים מלא ועשרה אחוזים לא מחוסנים מלא. עכשיו... בואו נסתכל על עוגה אחרת, היא מתארת את שיעור ההתחסנות בקרב בני ה-60 ומעלה בישראל. למרבה הצער, היא מאוד מאוד דומה, 94% מחוסנים ו-6% לא מחוסנים. ולמה למרבה הצער? הרי ברור ששיעורי ההתחסנות הגבוהים הללו מעודדים ובהחלט גם באים לידי ביטוי באופי התחלואה הקשה. אבל העובדה ששיעור המחוסנים באוכלוסיית המבוגרים כמעט זהה לשיעור המחוסנים מבין המאומתים, בעצם אומרת לנו שאצל בני ה-60 ומעלה, אין כמעט הבדל מבחינת הסיכוי לחלות או להידבק אם אתה מחוסן או לא מחוסן. ואת זה בין היתר תנסה אותה מנה שלישית לשנות. אבל את המנה השלישית יקבלו בינתיים רק בני 60 ומעלה, בזמן שהירידה ביעילות החיסון במניעת התחלואה ניכרת גם אצל צעירים יותר. אמנם ירידה קטנה יותר, אבל עדיין... משמעותית. לזה נוסיף עכשיו מסקנה שאליה הגיעו ב-CDC, המרכז האמריקני לבקרת מחלות ומניעתן. במספר פנימי שלהם שנחשף השבוע בניו יורק טיימס, נכתב שבהינתן הדבקה של מחוסנים בזן דלתא, העומס הנגיפי אצל אותם מחוסנים שנדבקו הוא לא פחות מאשר אצל לא מחוסנים. בשפת העם, המחוסנים שנדבקו עלולים להיות מדביקים באותה המידה כמו לא מחוסנים שנדבקו. על סמך כל הנתונים הללו שראינו, העובדה שבישראל מחוסנים שבאים במגע עם חולה מאומת פטורים לגמרי מבידוד ואפילו מבדיקה נראית מעט תמוהה. הסוגיה הזאת כבר עלתה בעבר אבל ירדה מהפרק כדי לא להוריד את המוטיבציה להתחסן. Yeah, there's no way off this big pharma, big tech, big government merry go round. Do you think you'll be done with two shots? I know someone who just ordered you 10 shots. I'm serious. 400 million doses for Canadians. That's 10 boosters for every man, woman, child and baby. What are you going to do? Protest? You can't even protest secretly in your house. For unvaccinated people who are 12 and older, they will not be permitted to attend any private indoor social gatherings. Yeah, it's harder to be August Landmesser than it looks, doesn't it? Stay with us for more. Hey, have you seen these stickers? It's a huge sticker, like the back peels off, and you can affix it to your front door of your business or even your home. It says, we won't ask about your vaccination status. That's a great one, and we have another version of it, slightly more verbose. We won't ask. We don't discriminate based on age, sex, religion, race, sexual orientation, or vaccination status. And you can see what these are. I mean, they're so friendly, and there's a little website at the bottom, wewontask.com. It's a simple way of saying that no, you're not going to invade someone's privacy. You're not going to be a cop. You're not going to go to war against your customers or your friends, your neighbors, your family. You're just simply not going to ask 
about private health histories that aren't any of your bloody business. Whether or not you're vaxxed, you're not going to participate in the biomedical security state. Well, we have printed thousands of these stickers. Like, they're really big. And they're designed to go on, for example, glass front doors to a, to a shop. And you can get them for free at wewontask.com. You can fill out a form and we'll mail them to you for free. We encourage you to make a symbolic donation to cover the cost of them. If you like, you can actually print them out. We have a high-def version on the website. You can just print them out at home if you want them immediately and free that way, and you can just tape them to your door. We've also sent them out to some of our reporters around the country who have started giving them out to businesses who want them. And one person who, has, who says he's flying off, flying out the door to people who want them is our friend and chief reporter, Sheila Gunn-Reed, who joins us now. Sheila, how you doing out there? I'm doing great, boss. Yeah, I think you're short-selling those stickers, though, by calling them stickers because they're truly not stickers. They're weather-resilient decals. They're oh. very thick. They're very strong. They're going to stand up to the weather here in Alberta or anywhere else in the country when you stick them on your door. They're going to look great for years to come. You're, you're right. Like, I, you can't really tell, but it's, a, it's quite thick and sturdy. It's not like just some sticker that peels off. It really is quite sturdy. And... Um, Thank you for correcting me on that. I like how friendly they look, too. We yeah. won't ask. Circles, you know, we won't ask in capital. This part's in lowercase. It's just, it's the most friendly thing we've ever done. And it's encouraging our viewers and the world to be friends with each other because it's, it's a wicked lie that the lockdownists say, we're in this together. We never have been. The political class, the lockdown class, the fancy class, the journalistic class, the uh, public health deep state, they haven't missed a day's pay. In fact, members of parliament gave themselves two raises during yeah. the pandemic. We're all in this together. No, you're not. But this is a true way of saying we are all in this together and we're not gonna, we're not gonna segregate our stuff. We're not gonna have an uh, apartness. That's the English translation of apartheid, apartness. We're not gonna have a segregated apartness. We're not gonna have Jim Crow laws based on medical condition. We're just not going to do that in Canada. At least I hope not. Yeah, and I think the uptake on these stickers is going to be very um, positive here in Alberta because, as you know, this is the place that led the restaurant rebellion, our gyms reopened, our barbershops reopened. Um, it wasn't really like Ontario. When one guy stood up, everybody stood together in Alberta. When Chris Scott opened up his diner, everybody else did. When Natalie Klein opened up her barbershop, everybody else did. So um, I think the, like I said, the uptake on these stickers with our small business community, I think is going to be very, very positive. But yeah, I mean, it, it it signals to your customers that you don't want to be in confrontation with them. And uh, as Natalie Klein put it, she wants to mind her own business when she's doing business. She just wants to give good haircuts at her barbershop. She doesn't want to know about your vaccination status. And I think it's a good way to reset the relationship between businesses and customers that has been absolutely destroyed by the yeah. government the last 18 months yeah. because there's been a third person in that relationship and it's been the government. Yeah, I mean, this is the opposite of, you know, sometimes you see stickers or decals, I'll start saying that, that say area under CCTV surveillance or um, you are under security camera surveillance. You know, sometimes you see 
decals like that. And they're usually mm-hmm. to, to tell you don't shoplift, for example, or, or don't try some funny business. But really, it's like the government is saying snitch on each other because they have set up these snitch lines. And the government is trying to pit us against each other. This is a rejection of that. This is a way of saying, no, 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 we're not actually going to turn against each other. We're not going to participate in the divide and conquer strategy. I really like these. Let's play a clip. I I understand you went and visited Natalie Klein and put these on the window. I I know that uh, since then, uh, other of our journalists have, have filmed the same thing with different businesses around the country. Let's take a look for our viewers who might have missed it of you visiting Natalie Klein's hair salon. Take a look. I will never, never ask anybody anything personal. It's it's not my business. You're here for a haircut. That's right. Right? <laughs> I'm here to cut your hair. I'll make you look good. You know, send you on your way. But as far as, you know, discriminating against anybody, uh, that's, that's not my role. Well, I like her, and she's a fighter, and she, you know what? I, I detect a tiny bit of the resemblance with Ralph oh, yeah. Klein, who is her late uh, uncle, and she has maybe a little bit of his spirit, too, a little bit of grassroots uh, independence and to heck with the uh, fancy pants. So I like her, and um, I'm glad that she's doing this. I, I wonder, have you talked to her since you put those up? Did you get any feedback from her? Has she said... Any customers have commented on them one way or the other? Feedback has been very positive. Um, I know when she posted it on her Facebook page, it was then all of a sudden my email just exploded with people who wanted them, small business owners. And so that's been my goal in the last couple of days and going through uh, the weekend is to make sure that I can get those stickers decals and as many hands of small business owners as possible you know like there have been a, a couple of the local karens in innisfil where natalie is that are scolding her for it. but they're the same people who told on her for reopening her business no harm no foul those people are never going to be customers anyway but other than that reception has been great people are supportive of uh, a business brave enough to say i'm not going to participate in this you know medical surveillance state yeah, I mean, this really shouldn't even be controversial. Like, It's it, the law. It's the privacy well, law. <laughs> it's the privacy law. It's human rights law. And it's personal manners. Like, um, I, I'm trying to think of an analogy for asking someone their personal vaccination status. It, it, it's so inra- invasive and rude. I'm going to tell you, and it, like, um, it would be like asking a, a, a guy if he has a vasectomy, maybe. It would be like asking a woman if she's menstruating. Like, like that's so invasive. It's none of your bloody business. You're really creepy to ask about it. Like, I, I really think it's tantamount to asking a woman if it's her period. Like, who the hell are you? And you ask that of me with a straight face? When you ask someone that person, like, I'm trying to think of something analogous. Um, you know what? Just to, to put this all into context... My tattoo artist friends, some of whom I have to deliver stickers to or decals to over the next couple of days, they cannot ask you if you have AIDS, HIV, hepatitis, any of the alphabet soup of hepatitis. They can't ask you about bloodborne pathogens that could spill out on them while they are breaking the skin to apply a tattoo. They ethically cannot do that. They legally can't do that. But... um, 
the government now expects so many tattoo artists in different jurisdictions to ask about COVID status. And that's a real problem. Yeah. Uh, We've got the two versions. One is the simple one. We won't ask about your VAC status. The other tries to make the point, and I'm not sure if you can quite see it, but it lists all the prohibited grounds like religion, race, sexual orientation, just to remind people how weird this is. And just because everyone (laughs) seems to have lost their mind all at once. You know, Rudyard Kipling's poem, If, there's a line in there, if you can keep your wits while all those around you are going mad, that's a bit of a paraphrase there. that, I mean, it's really a poem about karma and, and being in control of yourself. You have, to, you have to keep your own wits, even if the world around you is going mad. And what this symbol is, it's not just a, like a um, candle in the window um, in a dark night a, to show that there's a safe harbor for people where they won't be investigated. It's also a, a, sim- a signal to people that they're not alone. Yeah. One of the side effects of these anti-gathering laws, including you can't visit your own family, you can't have cycle of life events, you can't mix households, you can't go to you know, group as- assemblies of any sort, is it's atomized us. And th- that's what cult leaders do when they induct you in a cult. First thing they do is take you away from your friends and family and emotional and social support to make you feel like you're alone and that they're the only truth tellers. And so by putting up these signals and symbols, people know, oh, good, I'm not the only one. I thought I was the only one. I know I'm not, I thought they were crazy. They say I'm crazy, but I see someone else. And so I think that simply having these very friendly colors, by the way, on windows will let people know they're not alone, even if they feel alone. And I think a lot of people feel very alone these days. You know, it also does something else that I think could serve as sort of the first crack in the dam. And I was thinking about this while I was listening to Tucker Carlson speak the other night. And all of the great segregationist catastrophes of our time, um, they were undone when the beneficiaries of the segregation said, whatever financial gain I'm getting through this, it's not worth my soul. It's not worth the moral like it's not worth the moral and so it was like Mitt Romney's dad marching in uh, civil rights demonstrations a very white privileged guy standing yeah. with the people who were being oppressed it was or, or you know when, when the white people yeah yeah Go the ahead. slave trade and and the the tea and the sugar um yeah and and even even India's freedom it was when the Brits said yeah, yeah that's not us I mean, yeah. Uh, and, and, and so for me, I think this shows that some of these store owners are vaccinated. Some of them are not. And even vaccinated people can make a choice now to patronize a business who says, I'm not going to participate in the segregation. And I think that's an important thing to do here. Yeah. You know, um, one of the tactics of the Soviet system, the snitch system, I think the Nazis used it too. When dealing with people who resist, when uh, the the chief thing to do, I mean, you could they killed plenty of people, but if they weren't trying to kill someone, how would they undermine or stop a refusenik, a democracy activist, a dissident? 
I mean, they, they, they killed many and they put many in prison, but they had another psychological tactic that was much more powerful, Sheila. They got these democracy activists, these moral beacons, to violate their own credo, to turn mm -hmm. in someone else to save themselves, to participate in some small way in the system so they could never again speak with passion and authority and confidence because they knew and the state knew that they knew and they knew that the state knew that they knew that they yep. had sold out. So there's a wonderful movie called The Lives of Others. It's an East German movie, a movie about East Germany under Soviet domination. And you could have the most principled hero fighting for freedom, but if you can just make him buy his yep. own comfort for a minute by selling out his neighbor, you've, you've destroyed him. And you didn't even mm -hmm. have to punch him or throw him in prison because he's lost his moral authority. And this is a way of saying, I, may, I, be, I myself may be vaccinated, but I'm not going to treat the unvaxxed like second class. The terrible thing, do you see my analogy here? I've gone on a bit long, mm -hmm. but Sheila, if good people are complicit in this segregation, they morally can't argue against it anymore yep. if they, like you say, like a slave owner taking the fruits of a plantation or, or the Brits taking the fruits of the empire and the colony in India. If you, if you participate in the fruits of the evil, do you really have the moral authority to challenge it? This allows vaccinated people to say, I'm not going to be part. I'm not going to take exactly. the benefit. I'm not going to participate in it. It's very morally important. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it gives those people the ability to make the choice. It signals to them, we're not part of the system. We're not taking away your choice. We're not invalidating your choice to get vaccinated. We are supporting everybody's choice to get vaccinated. And, uh, you know, I, I hope it I hope it makes a, a change. And it, I also hope it sends a message to the unvaccinated who are like the four million Canadians who are just carved out of everyday life. They don't get to eat indoors. They don't get to watch sports indoors that they know that there are people out there who are conscientious objectors mm -hmm. and who side with them. I just want to jump in uh, for one second. You said four million. Canada's population is 38 million. I understand that about 80 percent of adults have been vaxxed. So mm -hmm. um, that would suggest right there that and so there's about, I think about, I'd have to check the number, but there are millions of people under age 12 who haven't been vaxxed at all. Yep. And then yep. if you take 80% of the adults, that, that still leaves you, um, between the, the kids and the grown-ups, that's 10 million, Sheila. So it's not mm -hmm. just 4 million, it's 10 million or more. Uh, that's an enormous, enormous, and I'm going to use the word apartheid, and I know that word has such strong historical roots, but that this is, an, this is an apartness. And by the way, it also tracks along racial lines as well, whether it's Aboriginal sure. or black Canadians have a much lower vaccination rate. All right, well, I want to just say one last word. If people want to get a copy of this, go to wewontask.com. We'll ship it to you for free, although we'd be grateful for a small donation to cover the charge. You can print it off on your own printer. We have the high-res files there. And please put it on your store or on your house or on the back of your computer or whatever, on a backpack. It's a decal, as Sheila points out. So there you have it. Sheila, thanks for being an ambassador for equality out there. You got it, boss. Thanks. All right.
Dr. Jim Sheila Gunn-Reed, our chief reporter. Stay with us more ahead. Hey, welcome back on my show last night. Lawrence writes, unbelievable. Once again, Trudeau is protected and Quebec continues to run the show. Yeah, well, same old, same old. Greg writes, the RCMP have blown all their credibility. Well, you know, there's so many things that are just coming out right after the election. I see that there's a liberal candidate, pardon me, a former liberal MP, who was convicted of a crime, stalking, invading, and assaulting, I don't know all the details, his, like violence, like serious crimes, and he got a, a sentence, uh, no custodial time, he doesn't have to serve any jail time. A liberal MP convicted of crimes, no jail time. Meanwhile, in Alberta, Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky is in court. He's facing 21 more days in prison. I kid you not, simply because he refuses to apologize to the government for keeping his church open several months ago. That's Canada today. Well, my friends, try and have a good weekend. Try and think of non-political things. There is more to life than politics, even though it creeps into everything these days. We'll do our best to fight, to tell the other side of the story. I'd encourage you, if you're curious, to check out our videos from our Australian colleagues. We've really pumped up our team down there. In the last 24 hours, we put up three or four new videos from Australia, from Avi Amini in Melbourne, who's our lead reporter down there, but also Mario Malik in Sydney, who's doing a really good job, and Yasmin Dawson, uh, sorry, Yasmin Sawyer, excuse me, in Brisbane, who has another powerful video. I'm so proud of our Australian crew. And I'm so glad we have eyes and ears and voices down there, because imagine if we had to rely on the media party to learn what's really going on. We simply wouldn't know. Well, that's our story and our tale and our opinion and our facts for the week. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, see you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom. Thank you.